Scripture for today comes from Deuteronomy. Uh, is it 18 or 28, Brian? 28. That's all right. 28 verses 1 through 8. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he has given you. Amen this morning. What a way to start off service in that song that Chrissy worked so hard on. That was a, did a really good job. God bless you on singing that. And uh, Larry Reich, if you're out there today, you happen to turn it on on Facebook. Let's see if I preached it right. So I'll either be at work in the morning or I'll be in the hospital. So there you go. <laughs> Moses was given a very difficult task in leading a new generation of the children of Israel into the promised land. Those who had come out of Egypt went through the wilderness, the desert, they had died off, not realizing how hard it was to follow the God of Israel. The book of Deuteronomy is all about rehearsing to the new generation God's law and his commands into the promised land. He also added a few more things that Moses was to teach the people. So that when the tribe went into the promised land, they would be divided up by tribes to get the land that God had promised them. He was going to lead them. And he was going to guide them. And in our scripture this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God talks about the blessings he's going to give the children of Israel if they would hearken to his voice and listen to him. And what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to talk about two things that God says that kind of makes all these promises work together. And then later on, I'm really going to go for it. The first thing God says to the children of Israel is that he says, I will make you a nation different than every other nation. I will sit you high above all other people. And he done that. What made Israel so different? Number one, their worship. In Egypt, they had man-made gods, man-made temples. And God says, I'm not a god like that. I am spirit. You cannot control me by an idol. You cannot control me by a building. I am a spiritual being. I'm going to separate you in this manner, children. I'm going to separate you in the way you sacrifice to me. These man-made gods and eat idols, you sacrifice your children. You sacrifice human beings to appease these gods. Not so with me. The only thing I'm going to ask you to sacrifice is your heart. Give yourself to me. Love me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm also going to ask you to treat others in a different way than you've been treated. 
When you come into the promised land and there are people around you, don't treat them bad. Don't do them wrong. Provide for them as I provided for you. You shall be a separated, holy people unto me and be a distinct people. And I will lead you, guide you all along the way if you'll be obedient to my commands. This has happened to us as Christians. We are God's peculiar people. We are separated by God for a task. He has saved us. He's filled us with His Spirit. He's given us life. And He says, I've called you to be separated from the world. We dress like the world, so to speak. We still have to go to work. But the way we act and the way we respond and who we are as Christians is supposed to be different from the world. But then He says in verse 7, Not only will I separate you and call you and use you as a distinct people, but in verse 7, I will cause the enemy to flee from your presence. He says the enemy is going to come in one way, but he'll have to flee seven other ways. And this is what happened. Remember when God delivered them, they come to the water, and they said, we're going to perish. And God said, don't worry about it. Moses, go ahead and split that sea. The Bible says they walked right through on dry land. And when the Egyptians' hearts got hardened and they came after the children, they died in the water. And the rest of them fleed another way. When they went to battle, the other nations heard about the God of Israel and says, We want nothing to do with your God. Pass on through to the land he's giving you. In a believer's life, we go through trials. We go through temptations. We are hurt and we are in pain. But I want you to know the promise of God will only let the enemy come to a certain point. And the Lord God Almighty, through the blood of Jesus Christ, will say to that enemy, you have to stop, and this has to flee from your life. And I want to say to you, believer, if you're hurting and if you're struggling, there is God is going to allow that to happen, but he's going to come to a time and he's going to say, that's enough. I'm going to heal my people. I'm going to touch my people, and I'm going to move in their life. Ask God to remember his promise that when that enemy comes in one way, he'll have to flee out seven other ways. This is the promise of God. God says, if you're obedient, I'm going to lay all these blessings out on you. But if you're disobedient, he says, I'm going to lay these curses on you as well. Being at such an awesome day today, I only want to speak about the blessings of God in our life. And I hope to answer the question in the sermon title when I said, I am blessed, I am blessed. In the Bible, God lists all these things he's going to do for the people. All the blessings he's going to bestow upon them. But they had to follow the law. The law is a nasty animal. The law could tell you what was right and what was wrong. But the law could never make you do right and wrong. It just put out there what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And time after time after time they fell. And they failed God. And they walked away from God because the law was so mean, it was so hard, and seemingly so cruel. You tell me everything that I should do and shouldn't do, but you don't help me live it out, God. What kind of God would do that? But God says, don't worry, I'm going to send a Redeemer, a Messiah. 
everything the law was supposed to do, which was to make a man or woman right with God but couldn't do it, Jesus Christ came and he did it. He said, you've heard it's been said of old. You've heard this. You've heard that. I have come to fulfill that. The law was to make a person righteous with God and it could not do it. But when Jesus came, he made it all right. He stood where the law couldn't. He made us right with God by his blood and by his mercy. And the disciples walked right into that and fell into the arms of God. But Jesus did a lot of teaching, a lot of instruction in three years. The word is a massive thing to comprehend and understand. And he told the disciples, don't worry. After I resurrect, I want you to go and seek my face for 50 days. 40 days, Jesus walked and taught with the disciples. And in 10 days, they were to pray until the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came into their lives and touched them. And the gospel went into all the world. The same thing has happened to us. Christ has come in our lives. The Holy Spirit has confirmed us. He has touched us. And now we are changed forever. I would like to liken these three things, the law, Jesus, and the role of the Holy Spirit to the family. And I would like to say, dad is the law. The old dude can lay her down good. Son, do it this way and no other way. And if you do it this way, son, you have my approval and you have my affection and you have my love. But walk away from this law, son, and your life will be miserable. And don't we as sons grow up want to be like our dads? They lead us and they teach us and we want their approval. And we'll say, if you want me to do this, I'll do that. I'll do it because I love you, because I want to be like you. The law applies both to the boy and to the girl, but maybe in a different fraction. The man tells the boy, you're going to grow up to be a man of God. You're going to take care of your wife. You're going to work hard for a living, and you're going to carry our name throughout your life. This is what you do as a man. Any deviation from that, and there's consequences. To the daughter, he may not be so mean, so to speak. He has a different love, kind of, for the daughter. He's not going to allow the daughter to go out there on her own and just leave her. Dad is always going to be there for the daughter to love her. He's given her the law, be a woman of God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When you bring that first boy home for me to greet, you better know I'm going to greet him. And I'm going to ask all the questions that need to be asked to see if this guy is proper for you. And if he's not, I'm sending him out the door. And most good dads, if he's not, you know, I got the 45 right here to let you know I'm the dad. And you will obey the law concerning my daughter. He loves them both the same. He teaches them both the same. But he guides them in a different direction. But the law is difficult. None of us can follow those stringent rules and directions, boy or girl. But then Jesus Christ comes in and he saves the son or the daughter's life. He changes their soul. And then they think, well, maybe mom or dad wasn't so bad. Maybe dad teaching wasn't so bad. Because I've accepted Christ in my own heart and I'm free to serve and follow him. Maybe this is the life that I need to live for the glory of God. Not for my dad, not for my parents, but for the Lord God Almighty because he saved my soul. 
Dad has the rigid law. Jesus Christ doesn't change. He saves the soul. But then I see the role of the mother. And this is where we're really going to get going now. As the Holy Spirit. Everything the Holy Spirit does in our life as believers. I believe mom does in the flesh. She loves. She's the comforter. She's the guide. She's the director. And she heals all the boo-boos. Under mom... You can do wrong, and you know you've done wrong, but that love never changes, man. Her affection for you, her guidance for you, she will always be there for you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how bad you fell. Mom will be there to get you. Or she'll say, you're going to go get that kid. That's my son. That's my daughter. You're going to go get him. Dad's wanting to lay the law down, but the Spirit comes in and says, I'm going to show them love and compassion, something the law cannot do, and something Jesus put in their hearts, but now I'm going to live it out on this earth as the mom doing those things that a mother is to do. Mom, you serve that role in the family. I'm just going to tell you right now, you should be so proud as to be a mom. There's nothing like being a mom. You can have all the jobs you want, make all the money you want, do all the things you want, but there's nothing like being the mom when the kid needs the help, <coughs> when the kid needs the direction, and when the kid needs love and feel like he or she's out there on her own. Mom always brings them in and always touches them, and always does something special in their life that they know this is a safe place for me. Now, we heard a wonderful song this morning dedicated to mom and what mom meant to a daughter. We have some of you that come to church today to honor your mom, to say thank you for being my mom, thank you for being who you are. There'll be some kids at home getting ready to have a little party for their mom. In their own way, they're saying to their mom, thank you for being my mom. And because of that, I am blessed. <coughs> and he says right here that you will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the field. You will be blessed in your body. You will be blessed in your cattle, in your work. <coughs> You will be blessed when you go in, and you will be blessed when you come out. Your whole life is going to be blessed, all because mom is there leading, guiding you, and directing you. Now, I know I'm in a brethren church, and I'm cool with that. But if I say something about you being blessed because of your mom, you should say amen or thank you that she's done that for you. You don't have to. Don't matter to me one way or another, but if you can feel free to say Amen to that. So just let me tell you about the story of Brian. Mom, if you're listening, I thank you. Because I'm here where I'm at. Because of you. Now, in life, we don't know how mom's directing us and guiding us, but she is. But it was the very hand of God 
on my mother that directed me into the military. It's where I learned about all denominations and all religions and all kinds of stuff. It's where I finally became a man myself because I was shy and an introvert. And in the army, you're not allowed to be that way. She says, I think it's for you time to join the army. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah, Brian, it's time for you to join the army. Putting me in the army propelled me right into the ministry of the call of God on my life, all because of mom. And mom, it didn't matter when you went and chewed out the drill sergeant. You know what I'm talking about, Allie and Chris. You chewed out the drill sergeant for saying and cussing at me to my face. And he apologized to you, Miss Jevedon. I remember him doing that. But mom, as soon as you left the scene of the crime, Jevedon had it rough. But even in that, your hand was leading me and guiding me and directing me. And for that, I am blessed. For that, I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, called into the ministry to do the work of God, all because the love of my mom. I love you. I will take care of you. And I am asking you to do this. To this day, we just talked about it yesterday. If I could, I would live in her basement. <laughs> At home is always safety and love. And it's because of mom and what she done. But I also want to say that I'm blessed not only as a result of my mom, but because of my wife, Amy, and how her boys are blessed. She loved all my boys the same way, went out for them, extra, 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 did things for them. But I'm just going to mention the last one who came up because that's the one you seem to give more freedom to because at this point you just don't care. You're ready to move them on to the next destination. Now, that might be wrong, but, you know, you're not sweating every little thing. But me and the last one is all about basketball. I've coached him his whole life. And his senior year, he wanted to go to Hagerstown. Well, that was living my dream, having a boy play high school ball in the state of Indiana, going to Newcastle, and all this kind of stuff. Amy worked three jobs. She worked at the, the home with the, the, the kids' home. She also worked at Kroger as a, in the meat department. And then she would go, on days that she was off, she would go to FIW and sew. She worked three jobs, all because my youngest son, Andrew, wanted to go to Hagerstown. We got him an apartment to live in Hagerstown. Now, I worked overtime, too, but I didn't work like her. She would go over to the house, grab the laundry, clean the dishes. I'd have left it. Don't even do it. Nope. She did it because she loved, and she wanted to know he was special. I think they're special too, but they got to have some responsibility in this. But in her own way, it was out of pure love that she showed this to my son. She would stay over there at night, three and four and five days at a time, because he, he, he was a senior. She would stay over there. She sacrificed for him. She's done it for all three of my boys. My mom done it for all of me and my brothers and sisters. And you, if you're sitting here, it's because your mom or your grandmother did something in your life, did something to you to show you love. And for that, you should be thankful. And for that, you should say, I am blessed because of my mom. 
in practical terms, rest when you're going out into the city. My boys know that they travel a lot. They can go to North Carolina and stay with my friend Jeff and Karen Paget. They will take care of them, cook for them, make sure they have everything they need. You know why? Because of Amy. They didn't necessarily like Brian, but they loved Amy. Her name carries weight. My mom's name carries weight. Oh, you're Loma's son? You can go right in here. I'm glad to see you. Has that not happened in your life at, at, because of your mom? It wasn't you, but it was because of your mom and the goodness that she's sown in life and because she followed God, you are blessed because of your mom. In the field, in your work, I made a whopping $5 an hour. And I'm a, some of you old school dudes probably made 50 cents an hour. I don't want to bicker about the money. I'm just saying, I made $5 an hour. I brought home $338 every two weeks. But I'm blessed in the field, in the work. Whatever we've done, God has blessed. Every job we've had, we've been promoted in. My boys all along the way have gotten better jobs in their lives, more powerful jobs in their life, all because they had a mom who loved them and cared for them and stood in the gap. Ultimately, he would say in these blessings, I don't want to go through every one of them, but he ends up saying, when you walk in and when you walk out, you will be blessed. You and I are blessed when we go out and when we come in because of mom. Because she comforts, she guides, she leads, and she loves, and she heals. There's no love like a mother's love. And I just want to say to you, Mom, if you don't think it's working, don't give up. You have the promise of God. That word has been sowed in their hearts. Your example has been sowed in their hearts. Your love has been sowed in their hearts. And they will respond at some point to the goodness of God because love can never be resisted ultimately. You have to give in to love. So, Mom, hang in there. Be proud being a mom. Be humble that God has used you and blessed you to have children to raise, to teach, and to guide. And, Mom, be blessed in your life as a mother because you are mom, and like you, there is no other. In honor of that, I went and got some... Um, Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. But, <laughs> sorry, Amy. <laughs> a mother's love is pure. And white kind in the Bible, you know, white represents purity. This represents your love as a mom. And if there's kids in here that maybe you want to give a mom a flower, Brian's cool with that. If you want to come up and grab a rose and take to your mom or you're the husband and, and you want to take the rose to your wife, I'm cool with that too. But I want to give a rose, a white rose of pure love to every mom and in my own way say thank you for your love to God and love to your kid because this is the result of your love. And then while I'm doing this, I have three, three minutes and 30 seconds because that's how long the song plays for. Give me just a second, Chris. Um, so when, this will be our benediction. So I do want you, if you would, if it's possible, to listen to the words of the song. Because uh, I think this song fits today's sermon 
and ultimately fits you as moms, you should be so happy because God has blessed us because of you. So if anybody who wants to come and get a flower to give your mom, now's your chance. Ten, nine. <laughs> if you want to come get one, come get one. Oh, there's a piece of candy in here too. So hopefully they don't drop out. That's like a mother's love, right?